welcome to Mothers with Sons. It's a podcast for moms parenting young men. I'm Dennis Boyd, your host. Welcome to a new episode. Welcome to episode 12, Your Son and Sex, Starting the Conversation. Your Son and Sex, Starting the Conversation. So when I was probably around, as far as I can recall, I was either 15 or 16 when I was sitting on the couch in the living room and my mother came to me and she said, she didn't ask me if I was having sex. She told me that she knew I was having sex. And as a teen, I denied it. I looked at her and vehemently denied it. And she looked at me and she was just, it was very a dismissive look like, yeah, whatever. And she gave me an STD book and the conversation was short, sweet, to the point. It was, I know you're having sex. Be responsible. Be careful. Don't make no babies unless you can take care of them. So that was the extent of the conversation that I had with my mother. It was sweet. It was done. Um, <clears throat> conversation I had with my father, he had asked me about it. I denied it. He looked at me and he told me I was lying. Um, there were a few things that he shared with me, you know, about being respectful of women and how I should treat a woman. And that was helpful. And, you know, my mother, she was engaged. So her fiance talked to me about it. And he, I remember he took me on a ride and he was telling me, talking to me about it. It was an awkward conversation for me to have with any of them, although I was having it with my peers, because here I am, I'm either 15 or 16, and this is the first time we're having these types of conversations. So it can be awkward if you wait until you think, suspect, or are certain that your teen son is having sex. The recommendation is to just get way ahead of it and start as early as possible and scaffold the conversation. And when I say scaffold, I mean you bring it to the level at where to where they are. And as they grow and mature, the conversation will evolve. It's simple as, you know, talking to them about their body parts when they're about five, four, five, six years old, seven years old, appropriate and inappropriate touching how people should touch them, how they should touch other people. Along the way, you're having these conversations without having these conversations. So that way, when it comes time, the time arises for you to have a conversation about sex with your son. It's not something that's awkward. It's not something that's foreign. It's not something that he'll deny or confirm. It'll just be some a conversation that you're able to have with your son. Because the truth of the matter is you should be the one. That education, that sex education, in my opinion, should come from home. Now, when I received my sex education, mine came in the seventh and the eighth grade because that was part of the curriculum. When I got to college, I took a health class and it was a part of that curriculum. You know, but the reality is that, in my opinion, that conversation, I think, should have come from home, in my opinion. Now, I recognize in having a conversation around sex here in this episode, I want to acknowledge up front that there are some cultural dynamics uh, 
that come into play. There are some spiritual or religious dynamics that come into play into these conversations. And you as a parent know what's best for your household. What I want to encourage you to do is to have these conversations because teen pregnancies and these misinformed teens usually happens because they're getting information from themselves, their peers, you know, with the age of the internet, they may be, you know, reading and obtaining misinformation in order to attempt to be informed. So as a parent, you know, I encourage you to be the one to initiate these conversations and to explain and be able to be comfortable in your discomfort in having these conversations. So as you approach this conversation, my recommendation is always approach it with curiosity. Remember, it's the A, it's the B, it's the C. Always be curious. Because when you approach it with curiosity, you place yourself in a position to be able to, number one, find out how much they actually know. Number two, it'll give you the information that you need in order to educate your son. So I want to encourage you to always be curious. I want to acknowledge that for some for some people who may be listening that you know, your conversation about sex may be influenced by your spiritual beliefs and re religious practices. And I want to caution you that if you choose not to talk to your son about sex, that it will not make him immune to all of the people and the misinformation that's readily available to influence him. I'm going to say that again because I really think that this is really worth noting. If you choose not to talk to your son about sex, he will not become immune to all of the people and the misinformation that is readily available to influence his decision as to when, how, and what he learns or doesn't learn about sex. So that aside, so if you're going to talk about sex and you're going to integrate you know, your spiritual beliefs or religious practices, when you share it with your son, I highly recommend that if you're not practicing what you preach, that you separate the two. And the reason why I recommend that's my recommendation is because I wouldn't want you to lose credibility with your son. You may have the best intentions but he may reject your truth and the facts if your life is inconsistent with what he's observed. And I'll give you a quick example. And this example, you know, involves a young lady, but it really drives home the point. So there was this young lady, Brandy Nicole. On this particular day, she was very, very upset because she had spent a lot of time in church on Sunday and what she couldn't understand was why her mother was giving money to the church when she wasn't paying the rent. She couldn't understand why her mother was going to church 
if she was going to get on the phone and gossip about the people at church with her aunt. She couldn't understand why her mother was at church and waving and praying and crying if when she got home, she was going to smoke cigarettes. And if when she got home, she was going to yell at the kids and discipline the kids, which she found to be ungodly. So she had a lot of questions and she was very bitter and she had angst towards her mom because her lifestyle was totally inconsistent with Brandy Nicole's perception of what and how her mom's lifestyle was incongruent with what was being preached versus her mom's lifestyle. And when your child loses respect for you, they lose, you lose credibility in some sense. So if the decision that you're making to have a conversation with your son is going to be strongly influenced by your spiritual beliefs or your religious practices, you know, I would, I just, I just caution you to, I just wanted to make you aware that to enter that space with caution. So I've read a lot of research and the research is screaming that it's best for the parents to have a conversation with their children about sex. So in one place that I read, it was 83 or 87% of teens prefer that a conversation about sex come from their parents. So I just want to, again, encourage you to have the conversation in order to really prepare yourself to have these conversations with your son about sex. You know, I highly recommend that you invest some time to really educate yourself on the information, the resources that are available and really be familiar with the resources so that you can actually direct your son to those resources I think that's going to be really important. The other thing that you can do in preparation for that conversation is look at, you know, his social media accounts. You know, who is he following? What are they saying? What's the language that they're using? The jargon, you know, his favorite artists. What are they saying in the songs that he's listening to? His favorite television programs. What are they saying? You know, And you really want to get a hold of what he's been exposed to if you haven't been monitoring it so that you have some semblance of what he's been exposed to because you don't know what information or misinformation that you may need to correct. Um, So I have four websites that I thought you may find helpful as a means of like getting off to a start. Um, I encourage you to, you know, explore and find resources that may be more closely aligned with your values and the things that are important to you. The first one is amaze.org. That is A-M-A-Z-E dot org. And there are three things that I liked about this uh, particular site. Number one is 
they have a really great library of resources that you can go there and you can possibly probably find just about every topic covered. The second thing that I liked is that you can find age appropriate resources starting at three years old. Uh, the third thing that I liked was that they have animated vignettes on average are about three to three and a half minutes. So those vignettes are very direct. They're very concise and they're like right to the point. The second website is I want to know.org. What I liked about this site is it's appropriate for teens who have a foundation on sex ed. So, <clears throat> and I'm not suggesting that these are teens that are having sex. I'm just saying that if, Someone has a foundational, has, you know, a foundation in sex ed, that this is a good site that you can actually direct the teen to so that they can kind of continue to explore and educate themselves. I like that about the site. The second thing I liked is that the content really encourages teens to talk to their parents about sex. The third website that I'm going to recommend that I that I found that I'm going to help get you started with is youngmenshealthsite.org. I'm not going to spell this one out because it's extremely long and I'll have the link down in the description. So what I did like about this site is it's a good start for a young man who's looking for general information, general health information, information about sex, medical information, nutrition and fitness information and educational health information. And it's intended and it's designed as it's laid out to be an information resource for young men. That I really liked about the site. Um, the second thing that I liked about it was that they have quizzes for young men to take to help them evaluate and assess where they may be with regards to you know certain health issues or certain decisions that they may need to make or helping them to make a decision around health issues. The quiz that I took was, am I ready to have sex? So there was one question I deliberately answered in a way that I knew I, sh if I were a teen and I answered this question this way, that I should not be encouraged to have sex. And I was pleasantly surprised or pleasantly satisfied that Although I answered all of the other questions that would lead me to think that this particular quiz would permit me, would encourage me to have sex or lead me to believe that I was ready to have sex, it actually didn't. So um, I was presently pleased with that. And the third thing that I liked about this particular site was that um, teens can actually submit questions anonymously. It doesn't ask them for an email or doesn't have any identifying, ask for any identifying information. And they post their answers to the questions on the website. So that I thought was really good as well. And then the fourth and the final site that I am recommending is the Centers for Disease Control. And their website is cdc.gov. So what I liked about this particular site is, number one, is that it's a trusted source for health information. Like this is where doctors, policymakers you know, professionals go to get credible information here in the U.S. The second thing that I liked is that they have dedicated resources for adolescents, parents, and schools. 
the third thing that I liked is that it had a data and trends report from 2007 to 2017. And if you're a parent, I'll have the link to this in a description as well, because I thought the data and trends report was very telling. And as a parent, you know, as you're observing and monitoring your son, things to look out for. You can see what other teens are experiencing nationally because these this study and the data is it's a national study. So it'll give you the things to kind of look out for, um, things that you may not think would reach your home. You know, it's a great way to it's a, again, it serves as a conversation piece around health, mental health, sexual health and the things that teens may be experiencing that may not be a part of the conversation that you may be having at home. And it's a perfect way or at least a good way to introduce these things into conversations that you may be having with your son or a way of at least connecting and engaging your son to see what's going on with him. I think, you know, the CDC website is chock full of information that I think, you know, you'll, you'll definitely find beneficial. And, you know, my hope is that you'll avail yourself to those resources. Again, it's just a starting place to help you inform yourself to become educated and to know what's going on and what's out there so that you can have an informed conversation with your son. So as I wrap up, I just want to leave you with four things as you prepare to have a conversation with your son about sex. Number one, have a relationship. I just want to encourage you to have a relationship with your son. That's the going to be the most important element and being able to have conversations, although they may be awkward, having a relationship with your son is going to make these com make these conversations go a lot smoother and a lot less awkward. Number two is the conversation with your son about sex is a conversation that should be ongoing and it can begin with something as simple as you know, a health conversation. You can be talking about, you can begin by talking about oral hygiene and body hygiene. There are so many different ways to get yourself there so that by the time you have a conversation about sex, that it's not something that's awkward. Um, number three, and this one is important. There's no substitute for paying attention to your son. Like you really have to pay attention to your sons and be very mindful of their disposition and just being able to keep your thumb on his pulse is important. And the last thing is, you know, just remain open, always be curious, actively listen and be honest. That brings this episode to a close on your journey of parenting. I want to leave you with the words of Jill Churchill. There's no way to be a perfect mother, but a million ways to be a good one. I hope you've been encouraged and inspired. And on behalf of your sons, thank you.